Thank you for listening to Christian Family Church Podcast. Here at CFC, our mission is to live and communicate the power of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to the world around us. From wherever you're listening, we hope you'll be encouraged by this week's message. You know, just as we're worshipping now, and I just, just had a, a, a thought come to my mind and a, just a feeling that the Holy Spirit is just saying that just as there is power in the name of Jesus, uh, that He can break every chain. I just had a, a sense that God is saying that there's someone that, I don't know if it's a physical thing or just a, a, an emotional thing, that you just feel like you're having trouble breathing. I don't know if it's just this morning or if it's been over the last week, but it's the person in the room or the person online, but if you've been having trouble with your breathing... I just want to pray for you this morning, whether it's an anxiety, stress thing, or whether it's a physical thing. You, don't have to, you can put your hand up if you want to. You don't have to. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, I just thank you for that person who just raised their hand. I thank you, God, for your touch upon their body, Lord. Lord God, you know what is causing that, that difficulty with breathing, Lord. I just thank you that you have pointed it out this morning, Lord God, because you know and you care and you love us. Lord, you know every intricate detail about our life, every hidden thing, Lord God. And we just pray right now as you reveal this thing, to pray for this thing. We just to pr- pray and declare that it would be gone, it would be healed. It would, there would be healing and wholeness, Lord, in Jesus' name, in this person's body right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for the healing. Thank you, Lord, for your touch upon each one of our bodies, upon each one of our minds, Lord, that we would live in the peace of your presence, Lord, that we would know your blood has has finished the work that needs to be done, that we have relationship with you, that we are made whole in your sight. Thank you, Lord, that Ephesians tells us that every spiritual blessing in Christ is ours through the blood of Jesus. And we just thank you, Lord, for anyone else who's uh, physically sick or just uh, struggling in any way, shape or form. Lord, I just pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you would lift them up, God, that you would strengthen them and encourage them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, it's school holidays still. Woo! Kids, don't let anyone tell you otherwise it's still school holidays. Don't have to think about whatever days are to come. It is school holidays, and uh, it's awesome. Uh, last week, I, we weren't here because we were on the hike, but I had a, a chance to catch up on the message from Dee last week. Great word about the Holy Spirit being in us and with us always, and we want to be led by the Spirit of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Today, we, we're finishing our series on the book of Joshua. Our series talking all about being with God. And uh, kids, I'm, I'm aware that you haven't been in for the last 10 weeks. Uh, in fact, we had a couple of weeks we had guest preachers and things in, but uh, uh, I'm aware that Joshua, you might be thinking, oh yeah, we know him, he goes to CFC Kids. We know Josh, he's a good guy. Well, we, we're going to talk some more about the guy in the Bible named Joshua. And uh, because I thought, well, hey, it's school holidays, the kids are in, maybe they don't know what's going on, maybe there's some adults in here today that actually you go like, oh, I've missed it all, Andrew, I haven't got a clue who Joshua is. I thought, why not? Let's have a little look at a video about Joshua. And uh, I love these clips. So let's turn our eyes to the screen. Maybe we'll dim the lights even and check out this little clip about Joshua. The Faithful Hall of Fame, Joshua. This is Joshua. Joshua was an Israelite who followed Moses through the wilderness. 
Joshua learned from Moses as Moses led the Israelites through the Red Sea. And as Moses taught the people about God's law. One day, Moses was talking to the Israelites. He was reminding them of the law and all that God had done for them. When Moses had finished giving instructions to the people, he said, I am no longer able to lead you. Hold on. Do not be afraid, for God will neither fail you nor abandon you. Then Moses called Joshua and told him to be strong and courageous, for he would lead the Israelites into the promised land. Then Moses died. To this day, no one knows exactly where he was buried. The people and all of Israel mourned. The people of Israel looked to Joshua to lead them, as Moses had told them. God told Joshua to be strong and courageous, for he would be with Joshua wherever he went. He told him to remember what Moses had told him and to study the book of instruction. God told Joshua that it was time to lead the people of Israel across the Jordan River and into the Promised Land. When God told Joshua it was time to take the Promised Land, Joshua sent spies into the city of Jericho. While those spies were in Jericho, they were protected by a woman named Rahab. The spies promised to spare Rahab and her family when they took back the land. Yay! And she hung a scarlet cord from her window to remind them of their promise. See you soon! Yeah, let's do it! Joshua readied his people to cross the Jordan River, which was the only thing dividing the Israelites from the land that God had promised to them. All right. We're here. Okay. They camped beside the river for three days, waiting, just as the Lord had commanded them. At this time of year, the Jordan River was flooded and flowing with so much water that it was impossible to cross on foot. And then the Lord said, let there be what? Hey, priest. Yeah. Come on. God told Joshua to tell the people that the priests would carry the Ark of the Covenant and lead the people through the water. He told the priests to step into the rushing waters. Wait, huh? And when they would do this, the waters would stop flowing. And as soon as the priests did this, the water of the Jordan River did stop flowing. And the priests stood with the Ark of the Covenant on dry ground as the Israelites crossed to the other side. God told Joshua to send 12 men from the 12 tribes of Israel to take 12 stones from the place that the priests were standing. When all this had been finished as God commanded, Joshua called the priests from the Jordan. We're good, come on. 
As their feet left the Jordan River, the waters came back into place, just as they had been. Wow! Yeah! Yeah! yeah. They brought their stones to their camp and set them as a memorial, so future generations might remember the story of how God brought his people through the Jordan River on dry ground. Now the Israelites had crossed the Jordan and were camped near the town of Jericho. One day, Joshua looked up, and there was a man standing before him. Hello. The man said, I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Joshua asked what the man wanted to tell him, and the Lord said he wanted Joshua to take the city of Jericho. But that Joshua needed to follow his instructions exactly. You got it. Jericho was shut for fear of the Israelites. No one came out and no one came in. So the Lord told Joshua to gather his soldiers. And march around the city for six days. The priests were to take the Ark of the Covenant and seven priests were to go in front of it, blowing a ram's horn. On the seventh day, they were to march around the city seven times and blow the horn. Then all the people of Israel were to give a great shout. And then the city walls would fall. Yeah, let's do it. So Joshua said, shout for the Lord has given you the city. And the people did shout. And the walls did fall. The Israelites overtook the city of Jericho as God had commanded. Rahab. They remembered Rahab because of her faithfulness. Joshua was faithful in carrying out God's commands, and the Israelites took many other cities as God told them they would. Oh, nice. For God will never fail to fulfill his promises. So the Israelites came to live in the land that God had promised Abraham, Isaac, Israel, Joseph, and Moses many years ago. Go. Fantastic. We've got a little uh, sheet there for the kids this morning too to help fill in some blanks as we go. Hopefully that's uh, reminded the, the adults and the kids about what's happened in the story of Joshua so far uh, as well. I love those little animations. hey -o. Love it. So Joshua and the Israelites, they've crossed the Jordan. They've defeated Jericho. Well, God did it really, didn't he? He made the walls fall down. And then over the last few weeks, we've talked about how we, we heard about Achan's sin and how it affected all Israel, but then how God dealt with Achan's sin and then Ai was defeated. And to be honest, pretty much from chapter 10 through to chapter 21, um, there's a lot of battles, there's a lot of fighting, and then there's like a huge majority of it is actually kind of like uh, reading a map made of words. Has anyone else like looking at maps? I actually really enjoy just looking at maps, just looking at things. And, but if that map was made of words, I've got to say my, my joy in maps would be gone. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you've read through um, those, these chapters of Joshua, and if you haven't, I encourage you to. Because uh, it is God's word, but it's a bit of um, 
I'm just encouraging you to read it. Now I'm saying it's a little bit boring. <laughs> uh, it's kind of, imagine trying to describe a map to someone. Okay, there's a, there's, to the tree, and then beside the tree there's the house, and then just a bit down from the house there's a, there's a shed, and over there, over the road from the shed, there's a, a, a tree. And, and it's, it was so exciting for the people of Israel, because this was them dividing up the land that God had promised to them. And it was, it, it's ex, an exciting part of God's word, but it's a bit of a boring read, let's be honest. And uh, if you look at a lot of preaching series on Joshua, they often stop at chapter 9. Uh, but we're continuing with the next part because we don't want to miss the, the good parts. There's another good part that we could look at too. But This morning, it's a little bit like graduation day. Does anyone remember the graduation day? Some of you have got the song in your head already. Graduation day. <laughs> Sorry, I've just ruined your day, haven't I? <laughs> But the battle is over. The, the, the journey has finished. They've, they've, they've defeated the enemy. They've entered the land. It's time to go home. It's uh, like that moment in the hike where you finally put your pack down and you go, hallelujah, it is good. But let's be honest, there was still some work to do. There were still some enemies in the land. There were still some meals to cook. There were still some dishes to do. Still some mouths to feed. There was still work to be done, but they had come into God's promised land. The enemies were defeated. It says they had rest. There were still issues within the land, but overall they had rest. So this morning we're going to open up to Joshua chapter 22. After all the fighting, after all the, the description of the maps, which I'll let you read at home this afternoon over a cuppa, um, we're going to read from Joshua chapter 22. Thank you, Lord. Verse 1. It says, Then Joshua called together the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. He told them, You have done as Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. You have obeyed every order I have given you. During all this time, you have not deserted the other tribes. You have been careful to obey the commands the Lord your God, of the Lord your God right up to this present day. So just to fill you in, if you've missed what's happened, if you're misunderstanding, uh, the tribes of Reuben, Gab, Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh, half-tribe of Manasseh, had asked Moses, can we stay on the east side of the Jordan? We like that land. We want to stay there. That's, that's the spot we want. And Moses was like, yep, it seems good. Let's, let's do that. You can have those, that, that land. But first, you've got to go and help the other tribes defeat the enemies in the land on the west side of the Jordan. And it's all been sorted out, and so now they've done what they've promised to do. And now I'm not sure which side of the, which verse I was up to there. I think I was. Uh... So go back home to the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you as your possession on the east side of the Jordan River. Verse five. But be very careful to obey all the commands and instructions that Moses gave you. Love the Lord your God. Walk in His ways. Obey His commands. Hold firmly to him and serve him with all your heart and all your soul. Does that sound a little bit similar to a command of Jesus in the New Testament? So Joshua blessed them and sent them away and they went home. Can you imagine the feeling? Finally putting their pack down saying, it is finished. I'm home. This is our land. We're, it's done. But then there's more to the story. Let's skip down to verse 10. 
It says, but while they were still, so this is the tribes of Reuben, Gad, Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh, while they were still in Canaan, and when they came to a place called Galiloth, near the Jordan River, the men of Reuben, Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh stopped to build a large and imposing altar. The rest of Israel heard that the people of Reuben, Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh had built an altar at Gililoth at the edge of the land of Canaan on the west side of the Jordan River. So the whole community of Israel gathered at Shiloh and prepared to go to war against them. First, however, they sent a delegation led by Phinehas, son of Eliezer the priest, to talk with the tribes of Reuben, Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh. I feel like they should have come up with like a, a slogan for the, those three tribes, yeah? It's like, let's just call them the other crew. <laughs> In this delegation were ten leaders of Israel, one from each of the ten tribes, and each the head of his family within the clans of Israel. It says all Israel gets ready to attack. This is a serious moment in, in, in the history and the life of Israel. Why, why are they attacking? Because they knew the, the, the commands of God. They knew Deuteronomy. They knew Deuteronomy 12 and 13 that talked about how God said to them, do not set up any other altars than the ones that I have commanded you to set up. Do not do it or you'll worship foreign gods, you'll, you'll be led astray. And if anyone does it, go to that town, to that people, to that group of people and wipe them out. This was a, a serious command. This was life and death for the people of Israel. And they've already seen what God uh, did with Achan. They've seen the seriousness of sin, of, of disobeying God's commands. And they're saying, if, if Reuben, Gad and Manasseh have set up an altar, to, we're going to go wipe them out. This is serious. But they decide first, let's go and talk to them. Let's go with our, our 10 representatives and ask, why have you done this? And let's just skip down to verse 21 when they answer those representatives. It says, Then the people of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh answered the heads of the clans of Israel. Verse 22. The Lord, the Mighty One, is God. The Lord, the Mighty One, is God. He knows the truth, and may Israel know it too. We have not built the altar in treacherous rebellion against the Lord. If we have done so, do not spare our lives this day. If we have built an altar for ourselves to turn away from the Lord, or to offer burnt offerings, or grain offerings, or peace offerings, may the Lord himself punish us. The truth is, we have built this altar because we fear that in the future your descendants will say to ours, what right do you have to worship the Lord, the God of Israel? I hope that line irks you. The Lord has placed the Jordan River as a barrier between our people and your people of Reuben of Gad. You have no claim to the Lord, so your descendants may prevent our descendants from worshipping the Lord. So we decided to build the altar, not for burnt offerings or sacrifices, but as a memorial. It will remind our descendants and your descendants that we too have the right to worship the Lord at his sanctuary with burnt offerings, sacrifices and peace offerings. Then your descendants will not be able to say to ours, you have no claim to the Lord. There's three things I want to point out, sorry, four things I want to point out from this passage today as we finish our series on the book of Joshua. And number one is this. Seek first 
to understand and you will avoid much trouble. Have you ever been misunderstood or ever jumped to some conclusion thinking, ah, that person did this because they want to get that and they're doing it all for this and, and you, you jump to some conclusion and you are completely wrong? Anyone? No, you don't have to put up your hand. Seek first to understand and you will avoid much trouble. To be honest, I think probably half of the arguments and disagreements we have as people are because we have not tried to understand the other person's perspective. Probably more. I don't know. How do you work that out? Ever been misquoted, misunderstood? It's, it's not a nice place to be in. And here, the tribes of Reuben, Gad and Manasseh, how they're, they're, they're kind of presumed to be doing something. And Israel are about to wipe them out, but decide, actually, you know what? We better just check that what we think is happening here is actually what's happening here. I'm so glad they did that. Israel had been given a choice between life and death. They could, they could follow God's commands or they could live their own way. And you know what? We have been given the same choice. We've been given the choice between life and death. And we aren't told to go and wipe someone out if they disobey God's command. We live in a new covenant. We, we're not under the old Mosaic law anymore. We're not told to, to wipe out a, a people if they do the wrong thing. We can pray for them. And uh, we're told in Galatians to humbly and gently correct anyone who we see wandering from the truth. We are all told. It says, you who are godly. And if you know Christ as your Savior, you have been made holy, you have been made righteous, you have been called and commanded by God. If you see someone wandering from the truth, not to just make judgment, but to go and humbly and gently try and help that person. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. Have we got that one there, Selena? Galatians 5, 13 says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. In other words, you've been set free. You, you are free in Christ. You've been saved by grace. But God says, don't just live in your own freedom and ignore what's going on around you. Use your life to serve those around you. And if you see someone wandering from the truth, don't just think, well, I'm okay. Let's keep reading, actually. Can we skip on to the next verse in Galatians 5? Sorry, we didn't have this scripture ready before, but we'll see if they can. It says, for the whole, can be, for the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. And can we just skip down to chapter 6 and verse 1? Thank you, Lord. Chapter 6, verse 1. Here we go. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. And just go to the next scripture, the next verse. Share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. And I'd love to read this whole two chapters of Galatians. But God wants us to come alongside each other. When we see someone wandering from the truth, when we're worried about someone, when we see someone who we feel like is just distancing themselves from God or from church, God has called us to come alongside them and say, hey, 
How are you going? You know, are you, are you still, like, is, is God number one? Is, is the body of Christ a priority in your life? Because Jesus' body is important to him. God wants us to prioritize these things. Thank you, Lord. Point number two. You know, our perspective can be wrong. Did you know that? Our perspective can be wrong. And in fact, I think we should change that to our perspective is sometimes wrong. It's, it might seem just stupidly obvious, but I think we often approach things thinking, I've got this right, they've got this wrong. I've got this right, they're the one who's, who's mistaken here. And, and we need to remind ourselves, sometimes our perspective is wrong. We need to approach every situation where we think the other person's got something wrong with the attitude of, maybe I'm the one in the wrong here. And seek to understand before we make judgment. Let's not be quick to judge. Well, let's come alongside one another and encourage one another. It's really interesting, though, as you go on in verse 24, as the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh, the, the guys on the other side, it says, In truth, and this is my summary, in truth we were afraid. We feared that in the future you might reject us. You might shut us out. You might say you have no right to come and worship at the temple. In truth, we fear in the future you might reject us. So 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 says this, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Now, I find it a sad reality that after all that the people of Israel had gone through together, after all the time in Egypt where they suffered and as they came out of Egypt and they passed through the Red Sea, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, after God miraculously providing for them and, and helping them cross the Jordan and, and conquer Jericho and Ai and all the battles they faced, after all they had gone through, the tribes of Reuben, Gad and Manasseh were afraid that the rest of the people of Israel might reject them and say, you've got no right to come and worship here with us. But isn't that the fear of every human heart? We fear rejection. We don't want to be rejected. We don't want to be the one on the outside. We don't want to be turned away. No one wants to be rejected. Maybe you felt like that. And even this morning, maybe you weren't greeted the way you would have liked to be as you came in the door. And I want to say, I'm sorry, because sometimes we don't love each other how we want to be loved. And we feel rejected, whether it's intended or just perceived, we feel rejected sometimes. And it can be the loneliest place to be sitting in church when you feel like you've been rejected. And I want to say, if you feel like that even today, whether you're at home online or in the room right now, I want to say I'm sorry if you've ever felt like that in church. But God's plan was never to reject anyone. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says this, He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. God wants all people to come to a knowledge of him. 
to know him, to trust in him. And you know, God's promise to Abraham in the beginning was not just Israel is my special possession and they're going to be blessed to the exclusion of all others. God's promise to Abraham that all the world would be blessed through him and his descendants. All the world. God's people were called to be a representative to those around them. And we as the church are called to be a representative to the world around us. That we are called to be a kingdom of priests that help the world know the God that we know and love. God does not want anyone to be rejected. But sadly, even today, for us as Christians, the people who trust in the knowledge of what Jesus has done for us, we can still fear rejection. We can still struggle with rejection. We can be afraid that God's going to reject us, that we are, oh, we've messed up, we've done this and this again. Oh, God's never going to forgive me for that. That's not true. That's a lie of the enemy. The Bible says anyone who calls on his name will be saved. He will not turn away anyone who comes to him for forgiveness. And let's be honest though, we can be the one rejecting others sometimes. God give us a repentant heart if that's been us at times. We can close our lives off to others. We can shut people out. Maybe people in the church, maybe people outside of the church. We can be the rejecters of others. Maybe they're a little bit different. Maybe they make us a little bit uncomfortable, so we choose not to speak to them. That is not the attitude of God to any person. God convict our heart for those things. If we have felt rejected, or if we have been the one rejecting others, point number three. Let's look to the love of Jesus. Let's look to the love of Jesus. Every week as a church, we celebrate communion. We come around the cross. We remember Jesus' sacrifice for us that sinners like me and you could be saved, set free. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 12. I love, I love this whole chapter. I love to read the whole thing as well, of that as well this morning. But Hebrews 12 and verse 1. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. You know, we have a, a crowd of witnesses around us. We have a whole city of the community of Colac around us watching how are these Christians living their life. They claim God loves all people. God wants everyone to come to him. How are they living? How are they loving? How are they loving one another? Since we're surrounded by such a crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame now he is seated in the place of honour beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. Think about Jesus, the friend of sinners. He was criticised because he ate with people that the, the rest of the people think thought he shouldn't have. He endured it all. He went through it all so that no one would be rejected, that all would come to a knowledge of God's love for them and cry out to him. 
day by day as we wake up in the morning, if you wake up excited about the day or if you wake up going, oh, I don't want to face today, look to the love of God. Look to the love of Jesus and be inspired, be filled again with a knowledge of Jesus' love for you. Knowing, you know what, I've got to face this, but Jesus went through this so that I could know his love. I'm going to go through this so that this person might know his love. Maybe someone at work's rejected you and you know what, you're like, I just don't want to go to work. Go to work and love that person anyway. Go to school, love that person anyway. Look to the love of Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Thank you, Lord. The message of the book of Joshua is don't set up your own altar. Don't create your own special place just for you to the exclusion of others. Don't do it for your own pleasure, your own comfort. God's call was for them to be united in worship, that they would come together as one people and worship. He didn't want them divided off and and separated. He wanted them united in worship. And God doesn't want us to just do stuff because it makes me feel good, it's nice for me. He wants us to come with an attitude to serve to love one another, to lift up others. We talked the first week about, so often the book of Joshua summarizes, be strong and courageous. But God's call for us is to be strong and courageous in our trust of Him. Trust Him. Be courageous in His love for you in all things. Don't try and just be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous in your trust of Him. Be with God. That's the title of this series. Be with Him. Be with Him and invite others into this relationship we have with Him. God wants us to be aware of Him every, every moment, every day, like Dee was talking about last week, to have an awareness of His presence, to live life in a knowledge of what Jesus has done for us, to be aware of His Spirit and to invite others. Hey, God's calling you. God loves you. Come, join us in this journey with God. It tells us in verse 30 that Phineas and all Israel, as they came to Reuben Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they came and asked, why have you done this? It says they, they were satisfied and relieved to see that this, this thing that they had built was not an altar for them to come and worship God or to set up to some other God. It was a memorial to the glory of God. It says they were satisfied, they were relieved, and they praised God together. And you know what? As we reach out to people who we might see struggling with something and we can walk with them and talk with them and, and help each other, and then worship God together. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And then finally, Joshua, in chapter 23, as we come to an end of the, chapter, of the book, Joshua reminds the people again of all that God has done for them in bringing them into the promised land. And he says this in verse 15, Choose today who you will serve. Choose today. Let it be decided in your heart, in your mind, in every fiber of your being. Who are you going to serve? Are you living for yourself? Are you going to live for your own glory, plans, purposes, pleasure, comfort, whatever? Or are you living for the glory of God? Choose today who you will serve.
And church, that is God's call for us to choose today as well. Who are you going to serve? And Joshua says, as for me and my house, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. And Lord, I just say and pray today, Lord, as, as a church, as CFC, God, help us to be a people that live for your glory, who live to serve you. The final scripture, I ask the band to come. I want to read, actually, I don't think we've got it there, Joshua 24, verse 31. It says that, as it summarizes the book of Joshua, it says, The people of Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua. And it says, Those who personally experienced all the Lord had done. While those people remained alive, those who personally experienced all the Lord had done, they were remained faithful to him. And church, God wants us to live life personally experiencing Him. His Spirit produces fruit within us. We don't make that fruit. The Spirit produces that fruit within us. And this morning as we finish, as we come to a close of this series, I just want to invite you to stand. I want to invite you to make that decision again in your mind, in your heart, and say, God, I choose to glorify you. I choose to serve you. And as we stand, let's stand this morning, church. I want to encourage you to invite God to touch your heart. If you've been feeling jaded, if you've been feeling a bit divided in your mind, if you've been feeling discouraged, whatever it might be, just invite God to come and touch your life again. Because God wants you to experience Him in this life. God is not just a a, a being out there. He is an intimate and personal God. And I believe He wants to touch your life today. He wants to lead you. He wants to help you. He wants to guide you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Lord, I just just thank you for every person in this room right now, every person joining us online, every person watching this later on, every person in Birigara. God, I just thank you that you know every person completely. God, we don't even notice our heart beating. And yet, Lord, you sustain us. You continue to give us every heartbeat. You, you know every fiber of our being. You understand ourselves better than we understand ourselves. God, I just pray in this moment, as we just take a moment, just be still before you. Lord, we just invite you to have your way in us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to invite you to, to, to talk with him right now. Maybe you want to just pray in tongues and just maybe you don't know what to pray, but just let the Holy Spirit intercede for you as you pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just thank you that you see the person who's just rejoicing in their heart today, Lord, for the the great things that have happened this week. Lord, you you see their joy, and Lord, you rejoice with them, Lord, even this morning. God, I just thank you for the ones that 
uh, have, have questions in their mind about things that are happening this week and choices they need to make. Lord, I just thank you for, Lord, just bringing your peace into their minds and hearts, Lord, this morning. I just thank you that those of us maybe who, Lord, we've just had a tough week and we've made some poor choices. Maybe we've jumped to conclusions. We've kind of messed things up, God. We just thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, I just thank you that your mercies are new each day. Lord, the old, the past is gone. Today is a new day. And Lord, we just ask that you would lead us. Lord, we choose today who we want to serve and we want to serve and glorify you. God, I just thank you for each one of the kids that's here with us today. And Lord, I just pray that even as they go back to school this week, Lord, that you would uh, just fill them with your love, Lord. Let them be transformed by your love, God. For every single one of us, Lord, as we go out from this place, Lord, people would see your love within us, upon us, and flowing out of us, Lord, every single day. Lord, help us day by day just to look to you, to look at the cross, to look at Jesus, you reign victorious. Lord, you want to move in our lives day by day. And we ask, God, that you would be glorified in all that we say, we do, we think, as your people, as your church, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand and worship our Saviour and King together, just as the people of Israel did when they realised, hey, you know what? We're on the same page here. We're not enemies. We are one in, in God. Let's worship our Saviour together this morning as the team leads us. Thanks, guys.